Alona Verley. I'm sorry, my dear, but you're up for elimination. Boa, you're safe. You may join the other girls. Thank you, guys. Thank you, judges. I'm in the bottom, and I'm against Hinomi. I'm just so overwhelmed right now. I can't help but feel like giving up. I value my friendships way more than my standing in a contest. I just don't want to have to lip sync against my friend. Fuck me. I don't think I can do it. Yes, you can. Please, perform. Tainomi's just telling me to fucking perform and not give up, and it's so hard hearing that from her. I get that you're all sisters, but this is a competition. Alona, you can do it. You can do this. (laughs) Alona, this is so important for our community and all of the kids at home that are watching you. They don't want to see you give up, and neither do we. You got this, girl. They know that I have to do this, and I can't just give up. This is not the cute look right now. Two queens stand before us. Colin, just perform. Just perform. Perform. And then she does. And then yeah. she does. And then she's like, oh, okay, fine. And uh, in the in the words of RuPaul, infamous fracker, uh, you tore it up, Miss Thing. And mm. she did. I mean, that was, I got to give it to Miss, Miss Verley. Uh, I, unless they took like a really long break that we didn't see, she pulled it out. I love this moment because for, for so many reasons, right? We love crying. We love when when people can just cry unabashedly. Mm-hmm. We love the kindness of this moment, too, where she's like, no, I just can't do this. What are you talking about? This isn't what I want to do. And yeah. then you have Jeff, well, Brooklyn Heights coming in being like, yes, you can. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> right. Yes, you can. <laughs> Yes, you can. Uh, yeah, I I love that. I love that there was like no pep talk. It's like, no, you can. And when when Jennifer Bowers Chapman was like, uh, we we need this, you know, for your, I don't know, what was it, for your community oh, or whatever? Oh, it's so important for our community. So, they don't oh, want to see you give up, and neither do we. Yeah. So I kind of thought he was going to finish it. We need this for the show. We need a lip sync every episode. <laughs> That's where I thought it was going, but uh, I oh. liked I appreciated like use the community angle, use the kids are watching angle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they especially worked. because especially because just before this, she has a complete meltdown in the workroom backstage when she's like, "This is not my drag. I came on here to represent trans people and non-binary people. You know, I'm, uh, and all I'm representing here is a fucking dumpster divers." <laughs> oh, I mean that I that really is... looked like shit. That's what she yeah. Said. <laughs> I look dumb. I feel stupid. Whatever. <laughs> totally. Someone pick up my nail. I look like feel like I look like a fucking disaster because I'm a fucking disaster. Excuse I'm a fucking me. Disaster. Get that I, right. Uh, I I was all here for the the emotions that Alona was giving us because uh, she is that fucking bitch as she promised she was. Um, yeah. The first well, episode. She- she has I have warmed up to Alona Same. from mm-hmm. that first moment of like, oh, you're just a bitch to like, oh, no, you are you are, a, you know, a sweet, sensitive soul. Like there's a real human being here that I'm growing more attached to every week. 
Completely. I will talk about uh, the choices on the runway and then certainly the choices of the judges. But with, but with this moment here, there was one little nuance where I'm like, okay, you win Best Supporting Actress. It's when she does that inhale speak, like cry mm-hmm. speak, when she's like, it's so hard hearing from that from her. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> talking through doing? tears. Yeah. Coughing. Yeah. Um, Beauty and grace over here, folks. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, obviously she does. She does it for Canada. She does it for Tainomi. And mm-hmm. I got to say, this, well, first of all, I, I'll start with this. Uh, this seemed, by the edit, like a lip sync between Alona, Tainomi, and Bedell. Um, <laughs> mm, yes, I was getting a lot of Bedell. And I'm not uh, mad at that. I'm oh, no, 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 no. Let it be known. Let it Let be the known. record state yes. that I am here for Evan Bedell on my television screen. And on my, my face. My, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, in my mouth, in yeah. my panties. Yes. Um, yeah. I, but I but this had was, a lot of feelings about Bedell, and we can talk about him. But yeah, for sure, agreed. for sure, yeah. he was there a lot. But anyway, this was this should have been a double save. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I felt the same way. I thought that this was a great opportunity for a double save, but because I felt like there was so much like appreciation and recognition of Tainomi as you know, you're more than this. But I mean, at the same time, it was her third lip sync, and I think. The, the thesis of, you know, Tainomi as an entertainer and not a competitor. It's like you could save her for another week, but it's just this might not. She might be good at drag, not great at drag race, you know? I hear you on that. And I think that they got it wrong in past weeks. So I'm not counting the track record against her here. Uh, I also don't know if she necessarily should have been in the bottom this week, but. Just saying that. I, I will say when Tainomi did that backward walk while popping her back or like her core, she does that like multiple times throughout this uh, lip sync. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's just like, pa, pa. Yeah. Pa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can picture that. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like, I love that. And then she does the voguing. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was the, great. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. And then she does the shimmying. When she started shimmying and then brings the pom-poms out, I'm like, Tainomi is clearly staying. Um, and I thought mm-hmm. Al- Alona did great, and I didn't want Alona to go home either, but like it was, it, I was really surprised that they're doing Tainomi like this. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was disappointed. I really, I've, I've enjoyed Tainomi on the show. I think Same. Tainomi in, you know, uh, in boy drag looks, sort of looks like some sort of prince with that, with that shirt on. Mm. And he's just so cute. I think Tainomi is just so cute and just very charming and it was like yes yes and in our age bracket so i think that also helps that we're kind of like oh no no we we get her yeah yeah um but you know i think in some ways sending her home was a little bit of a mercy kill of like okay i think this just isn't your thing and every week seems to be like pushing you further and further away from what people seem to know her for being this like fierce bitch doesn't seem like she's able to get hold of that no matter what um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean, it seemed I like, you know, you. she was just falling you. apart at this point, you know, Ooh, quite literally with that outfit. But I mm. will say there was a moment when I was like, Ooh, uh, it's during the critique and 
oh man, it was this great moment with Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn Heights says, you know, I feel like this whole competition, but you've been doing this. And then Tainomi goes, the whole competition? Mm-hmm. That's the whole time? Like, the whole yeah. time? I'm like, I. that's when I was like, oh my God, I love you. Um, well, and yeah, and then she kind of resigned, I think, to the edit. She didn't want to like argue it anymore. Of, yeah. She's like, yeah, I guess I'm being hard on myself. I'm in my head. You know, I think she I kind thought of she resigned. Was- I thought she was going to snap back. I thought she was going to like, I, I thought there was a twist coming that. this episode. Yeah. Where like Tainomi, cause obviously we saw the talking heads were being like, yeah, it looks like trash. Cause you gave us trash. What right. the hell? Right. Like, oh my God. I love that. I yeah. Love that. And like, I kind of feel like, you know, you get the act one guns. Cause I think, you know, early on she's, she was like, Oh, I don't really care what they think, whatever. Like she kind of disparages mm. what Brooke has to say. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we know this from RuPaul's drag race is the moment you say, Oh, I'm not taking that advice. Whatever. I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a do me. I'm a be me. That queen sashays away. Right. Yep. It's the kiss of death. Yeah. Kiss of yeah. Death. Like be you, but don't be you too much. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, this lip sync, I think, is is the best of the season so far. Yeah. Um, if I can be so bold, it should have been a double uh, save. Um, obviously, Tainomi goes home, um, and we got Bedell. So, uh, clip and of the we week. got Bedell. Yeah. yeah. Gets yeah. people talking. I will say they really missed when they gave us the Avril Lavigne version, but not the Little Mama version. There's an Avril Lavigne and Lil Mama version of oh, this song that I, I love. Did, I did not know. I did not know about that. Is Lil Mama oh Canadian? Uh, no, but there's oh. this. There's this. <laughs> oh, well, oh. there's this. This great moment, and it's so bad that it's good. At the start of the song, you know, when you hear that like kind of cringy uh, rock drum kit. Uh, yeah, you hear, um, you know, the the overdub of Lil Mama going, Lil Mama and Avril Lavigne. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Lil Mama and Avril Lavigne. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 good without that. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I it's mean, it was so bad. It's good. <laughs> I felt like this was one of those you know moments where like the song starts and you're like, okay, well, this is clearly like perfect for one of these queens like this to me i was like I, this seems like a song that alona would lip sync to anyway like just fit her so perfectly that i kind of knew i thought i i wouldn't have been mad if there was a if both of them were saved but i felt like the what i was seeing it was like yeah this seems to be geared for alona to win um I, it certainly was geared for her to win but i will say if i had to choose one it was tainomi mary I, there, I mean, she had moments, but I, I just think that, like, regardless of whether or not we agreed with the judging the past few weeks, it's your third lip sync, you know? Like, mm. I think Cameron Michaels, know, yeah, okay. Cameron Michaels, yeah. And that, what's interesting about that is it was like Cameron Michaels kind of like slid into the finale because she lip synced like the last like two or three weeks of her of her time on the show, right? And did the um, same moves, yeah. You did the same moves, but. I, I understood it. I understood it. And I kind of feel like in the larger scheme of things, like, sure, four episodes in, we're like, oh, I don't want to see Tainomi go. But it's like, there's still a lot of other queens who've been consistently showing up every week. So, like, and who, you know, a Canadian drag race queen believes in herself, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to paraphrase Blair St. Clair. Um, oh, God. Okay, Mary. <laughs> and I think it, I, and I think really that my point of that is, like, there are a lot of other queens I'm feeling like, 
I'm still very much attached to. So it's like, all right, well, someone's got to go home every week. And I still want more of Alona. I still want more of Jimbo. I still want more of like so many of these queens. I'm starting to warm up to Lemon this week, you know? Oh, interesting. Lemon. Okay. Well, I can't can't wait to get into this. Uh, But before we do, let's tell our Marys what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm created with this beady, beady little TV show. I'm Johnny, and you know what? You do look like a friggin' party favor, and so does Tainomi. (laughs) And I'm Colin, and I'm just thinking about eating a hot dog. (laughs) Madam, Madam Baga, Madam Baga, Madam Rutabaga, I, there's another edit, mm -hmm. (laughs) there's another queen that I'm growing very attached to this week is, is this adult in the room, Mm. Rutabaga. Oh, Rita Bega, madam. I, madam. I, I connected with her the moment when, you know how they walk into the workroom now, like even on regular drag race or just drag race now, it's, they know that it's a moment. We've saw from season seven, like that moment right before they open the doors mm-hmm. and they're not on and then they have to be on like they're entering stage left, you know, yes. um, this uh, or, you know, Aunt Sassy coming through the door. Uh, mm-hmm. and saying, ah, oh, after a long day at work. Um, yeah, it's a lot of I, like, ooh, ooh, girl, whoa. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Yeah. Or like, cockity, cockity, cock, cock, cow. Yes, queen. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like, like living it, the fantasy. <laughs> oh, sure. And, and entrance on the next day. I mean, I, yeah, I'm thinking of like when they come in after the oh, elimination. Oh, well, that too. That too. Yeah. But yes, but this I, is the yes. next day. The next yes. day, the it's, uh, I just, I totally was madam walking into the workroom because you they show her and she's just kind of like scrunched up like looking around like who are all these crazy people all these little queens running around her doing all being extra yeah uh, and that's when her over voice is like uh in french she says uh you know i'm feeling uh, today in the workroom i'm feeling subtitled yeah and i love that i i thought that was very clever and uh i just am yeah i'm really enjoying her i think Certainly getting now really a front runner at it. I think she's just like, obviously she has two wins, of course, but like just feeling like, oh, we're going to see more of you. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like this week when she was kind of connecting with Scarlett, I was like, oh, we're going to see, we're going to see Rita mm. more and more of Rita opening up, connecting. I mean, yeah, I that that's an example of a queen where I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I don't want to see her go home. So someone's got to go home this week, you know? Yeah, Rita Louise, beggar. Yeah. You better get upstairs. You got drags to do. Yeah, drags <laughs> for church. Yeah. Yeah, dragons for church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah, Rita with a Q. Or Rita with a tood. That's what uh, Whoopi Goldberg says about um, that character. Sorry. I'm in a Rita Louise Watson space right now. Um, uh, get me out of it, Mary. So uh, Rita yeah, Vega, so- we love her. <laughs> Get me out of this habit. <laughs> you don't have to taste the donut to know it's sweet. <laughs> um, so I would love to start with what really seemed to be an interesting parallel with RuPaul's Drag Race was all of this talk of Toronto Queens is giving me New York Queens realness in terms of like, mm. oh, these Toronto, sorry, Toronto Queens. I'm, Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's Good for just, you. yeah, Good Toronto. For you. Try Toronto. harder, girl. <laughs> Toronto. Well, try harder, girl. 
Yeah, it's coming from someone who's trying very hard right now, clearly. <laughs> someone who's trying way too hard. <laughs> oh, God, try harder, girl. Uh, so, yes, uh, the, yeah, the Toronto discussion. Um, you know, I got to say, uh, this, it seemed so familiar that a lot of these quotes from the beginning of the episode uh, around that, you know, Toronto fight, uh, centering Toronto, it just sounded like they were quoting a lot of reality stars in a competition. Like, it just seemed like, oh, well, this week I'm really going to work. And, you know, it it seemed all oh. too... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Mary? It just seems Canned. so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Kiara being like, well, you know, I'm going to bring it this week. Like, yes. I'm, you better watch out because it's like, okay, we, you can yeah. get a super cut. Of, it's a remix. It's a yeah. remix. Mm-hmm. This, that whole first five minutes. So I wasn't too compelled, but I did find it interesting that there is that feeling there. Uh, oh, Toronto girls, you're just, you know, centering yourselves in the com- in the competition. And meanwhile, you're dropping like flies. I forgot who said that. Yeah, that was Rita saying, like, meanwhile, they're all dropping like flies. Or maybe someone else was. Maybe Rita was just, you know, ready to move on from these Toronto girls. But Toronto? Think- <laughs> Toronto. Toronto. What, what's the T? Where's the T? Oh, tea? there you go. Um, yeah, where's yeah. the T? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spill it, yeah. Mary. Drop spill it. it. <laughs> like, literally spill it. Yeah, literally spill it. All over my tits. <laughs> All over my tits. <sighs> um, so, so Mary, I uh, this mini challenge, I just <gasps> want to say, Stacy is the shit, okay? Yes. I loved the bit of her forgetting what the challenge is. She came into this workroom, and she was like, this is, ho- this is, this is a host hosting a show. Yes, I kind of I was getting the same feeling I get seeing Pangina. It was like, okay, you're doing your own thing, mm-hmm. and I love that. I was so happy it was Stacy this week. I thought she was a hoot. I loved when she was like trying to remember the challenge, and one of the girls clearly didn't understand it was a bit. She's like, did they not give you a script, girl? And it's like, no, it, this is part of the bit. This is the script. This is the script. Shh, shh just yeah. play along. Just play along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like the moment I just gasped and cheered and waved my little mm-hmm. hanky mm-hmm. was when Canada's Drag Race heard us and said, yeah, you're right. There should be pit crew members of, of other shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And we got that uh, that thick and juicy little, and I mean thick and juicy, it, all relative, right? I mean, he had, you know, he had a tiny belly. Suddenly he's thick and juicy. But thicker and juicier pit crew member who came out and I was like, see, it's possible and it's great. And I would just hook my thumb in that like two seconds ago, you know, I just was into it. Oh, completely there. Yeah. And yeah, they, they started, it's, it's a step and I, I I applaud the step. I liked all the colors uh, and I'm not talking about the chonies, you know, I'm talking about the colors. Um, I, you know, it's a start. The one thing that I will say, and I'm, I know I'm going here, uh Um, Uh but like it okay so i guess i kind of love it i guess i love how over the top it was about how over the top they were about seeing all these boys you know they're like fainting they're like oh my god Ah, ah, ah." it's like okay i i could be in one mindset of like girl what like please stop this yeah or I can I, be like, yeah. oh, that's funny. That's funny. I think Priyanka was really funny because I feel like she was like, oh, here's all the guys who blocked me on uh, Grinder. Uh, 
I've yeah. never felt so seen and heard, right? Yeah. Like, it's oh like my God. <laughs> Priyanka, the people's queen, and dare I say the narrator of the season. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, would, would you say narrator or more of a commentator? Mm, she's one of the two, but she's been giving us a She's been doing a lot. She's oh, been this doing whole kind episode. Of, mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, in All Stars 4, Monique Hart was like a commentator who got the job of narrator, you know? Mm-hmm. So she brought the commentator flair to the narrator role. And I think Priyanka is, she's been really doing the same. She's kind of, I think she's the one we go back to the most in terms of telling us what's going on here. Mm. Yeah, she's, she's certainly giving it to us straight, so to speak, but also mm-hmm. providing like this colorful commentary, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, yeah. This this challenge, we've seen it before on, on regular seasons of Drag Race. Um, I don't, love this because it's like okay but it's a really great time for the queens to be funny which i always welcome right like they can mm-hmm. all do a little bit um the 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 bsa of this mini challenge though if i'm going to be perfectly honest is the sound editor for all the boop uh, sounds whenever they went yeah. over the protuberances i was like girl perfect the protuberances <laughs> Reminds uh, me of there's a there's a line from The Office where it's the infamous episode where Michael grills his foot on a George Foreman grill and he's on the phone and he says um, something about like uh, what well, that because you know he hurt his foot and then I fell and I hit my elbow and now my elbow has a protuberance and <laughs> it just I don't know <laughs> uh, I like protuberances I mean I I could have called them pump handles you know what I'm saying Mary? yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, little, you know. Uh, uh, I live in squeezies. Oregon now. Yeah, squeezies. I live in Oregon now, so I guess I could call them swallows nests. <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to take on that challenge. <laughs> oh, there you go, Mary. Yeah, steal yeah. some eggs from that nest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say this as a as a um, as a as a as a as a butt guy. I kind of would love the idea of one of these challenges, but instead of it being focused on the crotch, get it, letting us see the cheeks. You know, like that. That, that, I feel like we have. There have been those in Drag Race. Well, I need more. I, I think okay. you know. Yeah, I need yeah. more. And I no, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. And and sometimes these, sometimes the 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 chonies that they're wearing. Um, I think there was one challenge on Drag Race where they they it made their butts look weird. <gasps> yes, it was that. Yes, and I felt like I can't remember what they were called. And maybe they were like just in case or something like that. Maybe that was. But yeah, it gave them these ex- these these exaggerated dimples along the side. So everybody mm-hmm. looked like it's like when a, when a baby comes out of the womb with like a little bit of a mushed head and they got to reform it, you know, oh, Jesus Christ. It happens. Yes. Yes. No, I, I, I'm, I'm certainly a butt man and I hear you. I'm, I, I have no problem with bulges. It's just the problem with, you know, Googling cockbergs on TV is that they, they can't, it can't be, you can't see the crown. You can't see yeah. all of the, the hammer and nails, if you know what I'm saying. I need to see the crown. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see that crown, you know? But we need to see your face. <laughs> yeah. Let me see those lips. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, man. Um, so so I, I hear you on, on the, wanting to see the backside of the moon, but, um, yeah. no, and that's a big, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with, I'm fine with the little, 
protuberances every now and then. I do wish it could be a little bit more, you know, honk and bloop. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely like I it would be fun if they had like the underwear where you like stick it in the little pouch in the front so it really sticks mm. out. That'd yes, be fun. Yes, yes. The the problem I have with those is that they really do hide the snake. Right. Like I can't see the outline of the snake on those underwears because there's so much fabric to make it not so obscene. And I just want more obscene. But again, you know, it's Canadian television. It's it's American television. Who knows? Maybe it's like showing nipples. They can't show the shaft because I know that on underwear ads like underwear models like they have to dress it so that you don't see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes me think of like whenever like Germany's Drag Race comes out, and it's like, show us your dilated asshole, and you know, <laughs> match the butt plugs. You know, like that's what I'm waiting for. I want to see, you know, Alf. Ru- Alf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see the prolapse on number four and on number seven. Yeah, like that's <laughs> das ist dein Vater mit seinem Kind. <laughs> <laughs> Danke. Auf Wiedersehen. RuPaul's prolapse. <laughs> Plug your asshole. RuPaul's prolapse. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, uh, most most of the German I know are lyrics to German Lieder. So I, I'll spare any more German butchering. Um, so. Yeah, I kind of I I know like one Rammstein song, so that's and I don't think that's gonna get me very far. And they might not even be German. So oh, okay, well, remember Rammstein? Swiss, of course. Du hast yes. du hast nicht. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, Mary. Um, but this is Canada, Mary. So we have to parler vous français. Uh, we do. Right? <laughs> We do, we do. We gotta, we gotta get avec our cheese curds mecs, in order. Oui, avec les mecs, les, les fichons, ouais. We are poutine our backs into it, yeah. D'accord, Mary. See, that sounds German. That's not German those Marys are speaking. It's French. It's actually French. It's actually um, French. So uh, another reason to kind of praise Stacy, and I don't know the last time we saw this on a Drag Race season, and I am more excited now for Canada's Drag Race with this lens. Like if they can figure out that they're doing this on season one, I'm like, ooh, lean into this. It's that Stacy's like actually teaching them something. There's something helpful and informative going on here. Yeah. When she was giving them runway advice, I was like. This is what I need. I because I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was great. Like this was. I mean, you know, instead of it being kind of the high pressure situation of someone coming in to teach them choreography, choreography for the challenge, it's just like no, I'm it, I'm I'm just here to help you in general, and it feels real versus like, well, okay, well, I guess like I don't remember. I think it was season two or three. Season three, maybe. Um, no, season two when Matthew Anderson came in and they and he like instructed all the girls on how to fix their makeup and it was very similar to this because then we got to see kind of the glow up on the runway that that you know later in that episode and it was all just to kind of come in and help them out. So um, what I was thinking of was then like All Stars two and Anastasia Beverly Hills showed up and fixed Katya's mom's eyebrows. 
Oh, don't you just love that? Ugh. Yeah. But um, I, I think this kind of like, you know, uh, Stacy's school for girls moment was really nice. It's what I feel like walkthroughs should be more of. That it's actually yep. like sound advice and then it's that there that there's an actual kind of adjudication going on. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe at the end of the day, like girl, these girls don't need adjudication if they're on the show, right? But what it looks like is, okay, you have somebody like Stacy fucking McKenzie here. Of course she's gonna be like, Let me give you some of my knowledge, right? Yeah. I love that. I love it was that. It, it was reminiscent of like the really like genuine advice that Tim Gunn would give designers in Project Runway. Yes, or you know, all, like all of the comedians that help out the girls during the stand-up challenges mm-hmm. and on Drag Race, right? We mm-hmm. love those moments. We see them as kind. We never get to see judges have those kind, helpful moments anymore. They're always yeah. these guests that are doing it, and I'm kind of like, girl. Ross Matthews, if you know how to do this, tell the girls how to do it, right? If it's like Michelle Visage, like where where is your expertise that you can you can help, right? Instead of waiting for the runway to critique them, come in earlier. And I think that's what walkthroughs are supposed to be for. And now it's become this other vehicle for something else, which I'm not saying is wrong. I'm just saying it's it's been taken over. Yeah, like the the usefulness of it. Now it's really to either shake the girls up or to kind of like start kind of the beginnings of a plot of like, oh, well, you know, uh, how are you going to how you going to make me fucking laugh? You know, like Mm -hmm. it just uh, it it has certainly changed. And so, yeah, Stacey, I mean, I think overall and I think, you know, we've kind of been enjoying Stacey from the start, but I think. Four episodes in, it is very clear that she is the shining star of of the judges on Canada's Drag Race. Yeah, she's mother. Oh, completely. She's mother, and if she's not mother, she's like the cool aunt who's like, just come, I'll 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 give you money. Just come on, just yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, did you have an aunt like that? Um, I. uh, I How did you know that? How did you? How do you know that 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 aunts do that? Because my aunt. Aunt Connie, uh, I think you met Aunt Connie. I did. Uh, I think I did meet Aunt Connie. Yeah, yeah. She um, she was like that. I don't know if I ever. I think I had maybe like some like an older cousin who was like that. But I just I think I, I that's just that type of woman I just gravitate to and just identify and see. I don't know why. I don't know why I have a lens for ants, but I love mm. an ant. See me with them ants. I love an mm. ant. Mm. Well, Mary, let's take a quick little break and uh, we'll talk more about uh, ants and straight girls when we come back. I could do that. So a really great little moment in the workroom that I think was between Alona and someone else. But this idea was the idea was that Alona was saying, yeah, when I came out. I had, you know, my straight girls, like these popular girls that, you know, protected me, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was friends with all the popular girls. And, um, you know, we, we've gotten a couple of backstories from Alona now. Like, we've gotten, I feel like, in some ways, I feel like I know her the most in terms of what we've been shown about the queens outside of the show. We've gotten yes. a lot of personal stories on Alona. which and Priyanka. Gives, I'd say Priyanka. Yeah, well. yeah, certainly. And it, it just gives me that impression of, like, okay, if we're being 
sometimes when they tell you this much, they tell you a lot early on. It's like, okay, that's because she's not going to be around later. But then sometimes it's because, you know, this is like a main character of the season, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I'm cool with that. I, I like the idea of Alona sticking around for a while. I think that she's great reality TV. I think that she's doing good in the competition. Doing well, excuse me. Um, but <laughs> I think that she, she, she's doing good. But I think in the reality TV side of things, I think Alona is killing it. Yeah, I enjoy her. I I judged her very quickly, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm going to hell. Cancel me. Um, yeah. But uh, she she was great, especially on this episode, right with the crying, and then just kind of calling shit out for real, like straight women, straight girls, I should say, because it's the middle school girls, kind of are like no. I kind of like you around. No, I'm going to, mm-hmm. don't worry. You can come out to me. It's okay. I won't tell anybody. And and mm-hmm. yet, you know, and yet we grow up, right? Gay men grow up and they become a part of this really ridiculous culture. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's just, it's just an important thing to remember that, yeah. you know, gay, gay men can be so misogynistic and yet it was the allies that, that gave us kind of uh, safety. Right. Like I feel it. That's true. I feel like I mean, I I think that's part of why I don't prescribe to that at all is because like in sixth grade, when all the boys started calling me gay, it was the girls who I was friends with and who I sat with at lunch and who took me in, so to speak, and never questioned it, never cared whether I was gay or not, maybe had their own suspicions. But I always felt a part of the group and like had a group of friends. And I was the only boy, you know, from sixth through eighth grade because I went to, you know, K to eight Catholic school and they were my friends. And Mm. uh, and so I will always be grateful to the girls. I will always like they those are my people before the gays are my people, you know? Yeah. And, and, and big shout out also to the girl's parents. And I, I, mm -hmm. I say this, I say Mm -hmm. this with a huge heart because they knew, they knew when, whenever little Johnny or John came over that they were like, Oh, she's it's, it's no, it's okay, George. They can go up to her room. It's John. It's John. Oh, yeah. it's John. Oh, it's they John. Knew. It's fine. Yeah. They yeah. felt safe. It was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I went to, in high school, I went to so many semi-formals and proms with all my female friends. And I was like, man, like, if this did anything for me, I'd really be loving high school. But, you know, it, I was a non-threatening date. Their parents never had to worry about what was going to happen on prom night with me. Because it's like, girl, we're going to go to Applebee's and come home. Don't worry about it, you know? Right, right. And at the same time, uh, I don't know if this totally worked when we got older, older, like older high school. But certainly early high school, late middle school, there was always, you could always say, Oh well, you're not hanging out with any girls. I'm hanging out with all the girls, right? So there was this mm-hmm. set, this shield, this kind of protection that was there. You know, I I I gotta give a big shout out to a, one of my dearest friends who doesn't listen to the podcast, and that's okay. Um, Iris, she she spread a rumor for me in high school um, that that like just gave me so much cred, and people left me alone. Because of it, and I love her for that. It it was it it was people left me alone after Iris, who was a cool girl, right? Because she smoked, mm-hmm. she drank, she had access to pot. Like she was phenomenal. Like everybody fucking loved her, and 
whenever anybody was giving me shit, I wasn't there, but she would do it when I wasn't there. And uh, she she started this this rumor that people just left me alone. It was phenomenal. Well, Mary, oh, what was the rumor <laughs> that I had a nine inch dick. <laughs> I mean, it's like oh, she he'll hit you wrong. with it. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> facts are facts, America. I have to tape it to my leg in the summer, you know? No lies detected. Yeah. <laughs> they called me uh, Long John for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Honest Iris. Yeah. When Iris' eyes are smiling. <laughs> yeah. Because John's got a huge dick. Yeah. Um don't fuck with him. He's got a big dick. It'll hurt. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. They just, it, it was, it just changed everything because then all these popular girls started talking to me. And mm-hmm. I mean, and then all the popular boys were like, all right, I'll make fun of him behind his back, you know? And it was, it right. was oh God, it just saved me. Well, it's so interesting, right? Because like what that activates in a teenage boy versus a teenage girl for so many teenage boys, it's like they know they don't have a nine inch Mm -hmm. dick and they're in the paradigm that that means everything. Um, Right, right. And so it's like, you know, there's immediately, you know, some kind of insecurity. Yeah. Um, that is like incredibly valuable for a teenage boy, you know. And she tapped into that. I feel like Iris, because she's like an old soul. She's also an Aquarian. Um, she. Oh, that's right. You know that because her birthday is yeah. like a day after yours. Um, oh. she. She knew that. She, I yeah. think she knew that. That's how to shut those fucking guys up. Because just saying, oh no, he's straight, or leave him alone, he's really nice, like wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Well, and I love that, like, plot twist, Iris is a lesbian, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> not to out Iris, but I think, she, oh, I think it's okay. She would, yes. No, she is a yeah. lesbian. She has been my lesbian. She's been my BFF since middle school. We dated for 24 hours uh, mm. in seventh grade, Ugh, and we've been friends ever since. We came out to each other uh, first. Yeah. Oh, God, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> Iris, the the apple of your eye, Iris. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I, I also appreciated Alona talking about how the out kid was trying to out queer the other out kid. Yeah. What a what a different <laughs> paradigm. I went to all boys Catholic high school. Right. Nobody, no one was trying to be gayer than me. <laughs> but but you can but you can see that because I feel like when either in high school or it actually it was probably in college in our kind of age. Um, but when there was a gay guy that walked into you know the dorm room cafeteria and was like super gay, you wanted them to know that you were also super gay. So mm-hmm. th- there was this like ah and this yes and. Like all of the, the 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 squeals, the gay squeals, I should say, just going back and forth, and just these big peacock tails blooming and yes, knocking over people's trays that's in the cafeteria. Yes, yeah. exactly. It could move. Look I'm like, gay. <laughs> move. I'm gay. Exactly. Out of my way. I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I remember that in college, certainly, because then I went to you know Ithaca. I went to liberal arts college, and and that was like, oh, oh, there's there's those gay kids and there's that gay guy. And like, I, I, and I had like, you know, I had my, my kind of group of friends and like, you know, again, most of them were girls in college. And then of course, you know, 
my friend Jay, who is also gay but not flamboyant. Um, and so there was certainly that feeling of like when we did we did kind of ID the like he oh is, there he is not he flamboyant is, he is the <laughs> yeah when you look in the thesaurus and you look up antonyms of flamboyant there is a picture of Jay yeah um, drab drab is what yeah, I would call it yeah. <laughs> I don't think he listens, but whatever. We're not, we haven't talked in a long time. Um, but anyway, I uh, yeah, it's it's certainly a thing. It's a that's a very specific experience mm. is to identify the other gay guy and like, and it's a fresh thing. You know, you're too young to kind of yes. know how to deal with it. You know, that's what it is. That's what it is. Because I find it's mostly college freshmen that were not out in high school, and then they decided, nope, I'm away from my parents. I'm away from everything I know. Mm-hmm. Like the neighbors' kids aren't going to tell my neighbor parents who are friends with my parents you know so there's this ability to be out and I remember experiencing at Michigan this like there were there were people that I would that I came to know that were a lot gayer when I met them Mm -hmm. and it it, they just peacock because they're a because they want everybody to know because they're they're like yes I'm I'm leaning into this but then also yeah yeah, it's to like find mates too yeah (laughs) Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's I I wonder what it's like now <clears throat> to be in college and to have the apps and it's like, ooh, he's in, you know, Talcott Hall. He's only 200 feet away. You know, like it's a <clears throat> like I remember when Facebook cuz Facebook became a thing when I was like a sophomore in college. Um and I remember how that became kind of the early version of that was you would do the search of people who identified as men and were interested in men. And then, you know, the gays would be poking each other on Facebook. And mm. it like <clears throat> it really kind of sped up the process of finding each other. And, you know, you weren't just like, well, I guess I'll go to the Gay Straight Alliance. And, you know, oh, that I that's went a to, special type of gay. I went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will just say I think I went to one meeting for 20 minutes and I was like these are not my shoes and i left yeah there's and also i will say this and this is uh, i love the gay straight alliance at my school they did a lot of great work i went to many Mm -hmm. mixers but i found that there were more straight people there than gay people there yeah yeah i mean it was it was a it was for a different purpose than what i needed or what i was looking for and i don't think Mm -hmm. i even knew what i was looking for but i was like yeah i mean I remember like walking, it was in one, you know, obviously they'd have a meeting like in the evening in like one of the classrooms. And it's like, I just remember like the chairs in the circle and the really bright overhead lights. And I was like, everything's wrong about this. Like the lighting's oh, wow. wrong. Yes. The seating arrangement is wrong. Like where's the glory right. hole? Like I don't love right. this. Yeah. Right. Right. I thought it was going to be like a little more queer as folk and not just so folky, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is when you, you know, because you kind of, you're like, oh, well, I want to meet new people. And it's like, yeah. well, you go there and it's not about meeting new people as we wanted, right? As 18-year-olds yes. yes. just coming out of the closet wanting to have sex. You know, it's more of here's your community. Here are your friends. Here are people mm-hmm. that are real. You know, here are people that you can feel safe with to, you know, wear your rainbow flag, right? Or like listen right. to Donna Summer. You know, I, I, I the list goes on of all of the amazing things that befriending those people can do. It's just there are many of us queer people that go to those gay straight alliances kind of with another agenda 
And I think that's yeah. any queer space, like gay volleyball. There are people that show up to gay volleyball because they want to find nice butts to look at. Or mm-hmm. there's people that because they're like, I don't I want to make gay friends that are not my coworkers and I don't want to drink when I'm doing it. You know, like, they're, they're, yeah, it just or depends. at least for like, you know, having done gay volleyball, you don't drink for about 45 minutes and then you drink a lot. <laughs> sure. um, but gay, gay volleyball is actually an interesting example because I remember oh, I remember being so I went with my friend Matt and I remember like to the first like tryout and I was so nervous and I was like so grateful to have a friend there. And it was and it was like, and I was, I guess, probably 25, 26 when I joined. And I, it took me right back to college. And I was like, in some ways, it was like, oh, God, I feel like I'm, I'm all thumbs again. But in other ways, I was like, this is making up for everything I wanted to happen when I was 18. Oh. And, you know, like, I, because I, I, I made a ton of friends. I made so many gay friends, you know, and a couple hookups along the way. But I mostly did not cross the streams with gay volleyball and hooking up like it just Mm -hmm. felt weird um but you make tons of friends and like you can and like you have like a team and you bond and it's over something that isn't you know just sex and it was i mean in some ways it was great i mean you know i grew out of it but it was it very much was like an absolution of everything that i wanted when i was 18 and couldn't get in college you know yeah, that was the thing with the gay straight alliances uh, that they and even in high school there was one that started. The activities that they did were not; they weren't really activities. It was more um, either discussions or lectures or whatever, which served mm. a purpose. It just was not as um, it. It only connected you by your sex, not or by what you were interested in, rather uh, sexually, uh, rather than you know uh uh in uh learning more right sure yeah yeah um learning more about them and 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 hobbies and things but anyway we went on a lovely very long discussion we uh, did. thanks we thanks did. to alona uh yeah, <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> all that being said sorry excuse me uh all that being said what should we move on to bedell uh, oh my god bedell let's move oh. on i keep wanting to call him alexis bedell but that's uh bidet um, yeah <laughs> Oh, I I was gonna I'm not no I was gonna say nope. something and then I was like nope. nope that's a little too Germany's Drag Race I'm not nope. gonna say that <laughs> nope. nope um I uh I did I was not familiar with him but I there was something about him the, like just the, like he had he was this like little twinkle in his eye he was just so charming mm. and I thought oh I he just do. I would let him do anything he wanted for like 45 yes. minutes. Yeah. It was yes. like anything. I don't care. Here's the house keys. Go for oh it. Oh my God. There, I, I, the mustache, his eyes, the, I, just the way he was able to command that hosting role. I mean, also okay. who, do, who doesn't love a project runway winner, you know, uh, is that what he is? Oh, Mary, he won Canada's, Project Runway, season one, back in 2007. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh, that's a reason. To, I, oh, no, I watched it. I watched the season of, like, Australia's, Project Runway Australia once, but I did not. Oh, I, I will go back and watch that to see, like, Bedell, like, 13 years ago. All right. Yeah, and apparently he's single now, so it's like, all right. Ugh. Well, that country, gonna, gonna I mean. to Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> I ugh, I'm so I had every intention. Well, actually, my my first intention this summer was to go to Europe, 
Um, I was going to go to like Amsterdam and Berlin, but I probably wouldn't have come back all, you know, the same person. All right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Would have really stretched myself out there. But I I thought, well, maybe a little compromise is to go to Montreal instead because Montreal is a lot of fun. Um, And now it's just, you know, completely not possible. But when we can, I'm going to Canada. I I'm, and I'm sure. finding Bedell. Sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's the name of our podcast. But it won't be a podcast. We'll actually we'll make it a YouTube series and mm-hmm. it'll be called Finding Bedell. Finding and Bedell. We'll, and we'll it'll be our our travels through Canada, through all those all these cities. Right. Starting mm-hmm. on the West Coast. You could start on the East Coast or you could start in the middle or whatever. And then we'll meet uh, in yeah. Montreal. That'll be the last kind of segment when we find Bedell. Oh, there's one episode where we're in like the middle of Saskatchewan. It's like, yep, not here. Let's nope, just keep going. He's not, he's not here. Not but, here. Uh, but that guy's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like uh, to bring him in and see the farmer in Bedell, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Come with us, sir. <laughs> yeah, we recruit people along the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested oh, in this Colin sort of- stands alone. All right, Mary? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, yeah. I feel like this is the this is the the uh, the beginnings of like an all right, Mary tour of Canada. You know, people do tours, people do shows. We talked about that once. If we were to ever travel, and like we did a live show once in Portland. If we ever did it in like you know Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, yeah. New York, we could, we could we do could, it. We could hook up with some Canadian Marys or Canadian Queens even. That would yeah, be great. So maybe uh, one I'd, day I'd, in the future. Yeah, yeah. Canada will be part of a little tour we do. I I do have to say that if there was a porno that I started with Bedell, it would be Johnny and Bedell. Um Sure. Sure. That's <laughs> yeah. That that I mean that's literal and I mean and you know, from what we heard from Iris, it's gonna be oh. quite the show. Oh, I'll turn him out if you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh no! It would Speaking be... of Germany's drag race, turn I'll him pull out. it out. <laughs> turn, turn him out. Yeah, turn him out. Yeah, turn I'll turn out. something out. Yeah. Um. So, Mary, I gotta say, the judging on Drag Race Canada, Canada's Drag Race, is continuing to perplex, continuing to anger and frustrate. And maybe that's a good thing, right, in the long run. But it is it is a problem. And this episode, I think, was the most glaring for me. Because the other ones, mm. I'm like, all right, maybe. But when they... How did you feel when they just, like, gagged over Priyanka? I was surprised. <clears throat> I felt like she looked fine, I'm not saying she looked like a train wreck, uh, but I was like, oh, I don't, mm, okay, I guess I didn't, I guess maybe it looked better in person. I don't know. There was just, I, I was surprised they were going as nuts for her as they were versus just being like, hey, this looks good. Nice work. You know, you're safe. Yeah, I mean, not to mention that I love a unconventional materials challenge. I know you do. Mm. I love this episode. I absolutely loved this episode, um, especially because it was another design challenge. But the idea that that Priyanka comes out like that, it did feel basic. It just kind of felt like really kind of simple, especially next to... You know what, uh, you know, Madam did and even you could even say what like Scarlett did or what even. And here's here's the controversy, Mary. 
prepare yourselves, Uh. even what Tynomi and Alona did. At least what they did, made out of paper, papier, Uh, it it was complex. It was camp. There There was like something more to it. Whereas Priyanka, it was like, okay, this looks great. And then that's it. And right. I, I I thought the umbrella like looked sad. Oh yeah, that umbrella was was not good. I mean, th- there's a way to like I think about. Remember, like season four, the the apocalypse runway, the first ch- episode. Mm-hmm. Willem mm-hmm. has a, an umbrella like that. Mm. It's great. It's really cool. I um I feel like they were singing Priyanka's praises because it was so fashiony and so runway. And then they were knocking, uh, you know, the paper girls because it was too costumey. And it just goes back to that thing of like, what's wrong with looking costumey in drag? It's not a fashion show. Right. It's not. It's what you feel when you see them. And I felt nothing when I saw Priyanka. I felt a lot when I saw Boa. And yeah, maybe she did need something more on top. But I love the little bits that she does. What is what Mm -hmm. does she say? Oh, my God. I laughed out loud when she's like, uh, there's always a bloop. There's always a "Eh honk. There's always a honk. I love Uh, like (laughs) there's always a honk. Keep that, Brooklyn. That was fabulous, Brooklyn. That was great. Like, yeah. Oh, God. But, but I love the gimmicks. I loved it. I mean, sure, I could I I actually I thought that even I loved the little the little, you know, boob bloom that she had. But I mean, I also could have seen Boa in the bottom this week. Yeah, there's there's certainly that. I would have put Priyanka there. And okay, let's talk about lemon. So yeah, she used the rose gold or this, not rose gold, but it was like the, the, the scour metal or Scouring whatever. Scouring pads, I, yeah. If you, I don't know, when you look closely at this, it, she didn't really do much. Like it didn't, mm. like it just kind of hung there and she just made this little dress. She didn't really pad, which I guess is fine. And I thought the wig was flat. And they were like praising her for all of this. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I did. I did not get that at all. Yeah, I. I really felt like it was. It was fine. Like it made me think about season five, the first episode. You know, Ivy Winters because they had basically a similar challenge of making fashion out of garbage. And Ivy Winters like made this like beautiful you know red gown, and they were like, "This is great, but it doesn't look like garbage." And so like. It doesn't really reflect the unconventional materials. But then for Lemon, that's what they loved was that it didn't Mm. look like unconventional materials. And so Mm -hmm. it's an interesting, not that one show's rules have to apply to the other, but it's interesting to see both critiques, you know. It's a Project Runway critique, I believe. It is, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I will just say quickly about Lemon. Uh, Lemon is, I finally figured out who she's reminding me of. Lemon is the Andrew Rannells of drag. Do you oh get that? My oh my God, of course. Yeah. Oh my right? God, of course. Oh my God, of yes. course. Yeah, yes. I just, and I'm like, oh, that's what you're giving me. And I I, I enjoy mm. her personality more this week. I mean, I'm not like a big Andrew Rannells fan. I Same. don't know. He seems mean. But he does uh, seem mean. Ugh. But she, she had kind of like a, a, uh, she she eased up a little bit this week. She wasn't so full of herself. She had some nice little banter with uh, Bedell, and so I I like the reality TV side of Lemon. But yeah, in terms of the look, I was like, I mean, you know, okay, yeah. Uh, I don't want I mean, no scrubs. That's all yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, a scrub is a queen who looks just basically safe to me. Uh, but I, I mean, no one compared to. 
you know, Madam. the the madam, the the plastic girls. I mean, that was oh, they, that so, was great. So they what I loved great. about that, they did, they did, and the Lee Bowery tribute, like Madam. Um, mm-hmm. But what I thought was so great about it, and I guess this is from a Project Runway lens, but what I loved is that they really gave us this clear cohesion that wasn't too matchy-matchy, but they mm-hmm. also presented it in such a way that like there was the drama moment at the end, which yeah. was Rita Vega. And yeah. I thought that was a brilliant way to, to approach this challenge. And I know that the other girls kind of did also, I guess not the metal girls, but the uh, the paper girls did that with the yeah. queen coming on last, which I also loved. I do think, if I'm going to talk about the Papier girls, I, I loved it. I didn't think that they should have been in the bottom, both of them, um, because I, I found it to be complex. I found it to be campy, which I loved. Um, th- the one thing I will say is that Alona and Tainomi were too similar. Like one of them should have been a horse or, mm. you know what I mean? Or the princess or, princess. you know, yeah. the wicked, yeah. the wicked queen. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there could have been um, a little bit more variety and they didn't do that. But Jimbo. So Mary. Yeah. Talk to me. So Jeffrey, Jennifer, jo- Jennifer Boyer Chapman, Jennifer Bowers Chapman. Yeah. Was, I mean, I don't, I don't want to trigger anyone, but to quote Jan, Jan Sport, Jan, you know, we love Jan. Jan did post something on Twitter. She's like, um, my understanding, because she did a similar look in like the ice, the frozen runway with the painted face. She's like, so my understanding is that if you're going for that illusion, there isn't an expectation that you would paint your arms and your hands if you're doing this Marie Antoinette look. And if we were to look at Raja's Marie Antoinette look in season three, she didn't paint her arms and her hands either. So Jennifer, I don't. I think you're wrong, Jennifer. I think you're wrong. I mean, it. I, if you, when I think about Marie Antoinette and when I think about that illusion, yeah, you're gonna see a white powder wig, a white powder face, dead in the eyes, which to me could be white. So forget that whole thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, the arms wouldn't be powdered. No, no, she's not doing like she's not doing a full body transformation. She's she's doing a specific, you know, reference. I you know, I in some ways it felt like they were nitpicking with Jimbo because the look was just like so I mean, granted, you know, the plastic girl's amazing. But Jimbo comes down. You're like, this is so elevated. This is so complex. And I, I was surprised to see such harsh critiques down to, uh you know, basically telling, uh, telling her she should have tried harder and should have oh, used her time better. Oh, use it better, maybe. I was yeah. when that happened. I turned into Charlotte, hugging Carrie on the street, saying, uh, "No, no, finger no. out, finger out." Uh, yeah, just shame on you, shame on you. I am. Don't call me lady. Don't yeah. Call don't me call lady. me lady. I come in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I come in here. I come in here. <laughs> it's my favorite line from that monologue. You I come in I'm, here. I come in here. You think I, what does she say? She's like, to suck his cock, right? <laughs> she says something like that. No, no, that. So that's from Black Swan. Do you suck oh. his cock? Yeah. But Julianne Morris is there that she's like, suck my dick. Suck and then she dick. leaves. Yeah, suck yeah, my it's dick. It's from Magnolia. If anyone's oh, like, thank what you. the hell are you talking you. about? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Julianne Hoare. Um, yeah. I, uh, when he was, what was it? Oh, this Jimbo edit is what I want to talk about because even during the critique, Jennifer Boyer Chapman wouldn't let it go and the editors 
kept it, which made me nervous, right? He's like, I'm losing mm-hmm. her a little bit. I'm like, are you setting up a story for Jimbo to wow you next week? Or are you kind of now showing us, yep, Jimbo hasn't won or mm. Jimbo's not winning anymore and uh, Jimbo's going home because we're also not learning much about Jimbo, which is pissing me off. And I'm like, you know what? Like this is, I will be, I will be sheerly, sheerly. I will be very disappointed. Very disappointed. Mm-hmm. It did feel like, you know, it, it basically like they were saying like, oh, you know, basically, you know, we read her for, for for filth for something we weren't right about. And then she didn't really take the critique, you know, to heart. It's like, yeah, because you were wrong. It's it, I, I yeah. appreciate when the queens. I mean, I get that there's this pageant element of like taking the critiques with grace. But I especially on Canada's Drag Race, I like that these queens are like, mm, yeah, not so much. Like, I love that they're kind of. They don't let it show too much, but there is a little bit of impatience. And I think, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I would say that I think it's a, it's a choice to make any excuse on the runway. Because if you know this show, you know that they're going to turn that excuse on you, you know? So oh, you I say, know. You know what I mean? Oh, so, it's, it's so problematic, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to, you want to stand up for yourself, which I think gives them gives us great TV when we see a queer person being like, no, you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love that, and it's like gaslighting because then they become this villain or they become whiny or they prove to the audience through mm-hmm. some editing way of like why they're not right or why it's too much and why it's extra. And, you know, it co- goes back to Top Model. I've been watching a lot of Top Model uh, lately with my friend Carlos, and like whenever you talk back to Tyra or the judging panel, it the, the the excuse is always, you know, in the real world, you can't do this. You can't talk back. Even if we mm. say the most sexist, racist, fat shaming thing to you, you can't talk back or else nobody's going to want to work with you. And so there's always this like they want you to talk back because it makes reality TV. But if you do they're going to fuck you over. And so mm-hmm. I, I, at the end of the day, as an audience member, I want them to talk back. I'm makes, loving where this is going. Yeah, it makes you wonder when they say charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. When you say nerve, don't you mean nerve? Because it mm-hmm. do take nerve to say, um, no, uh, I know what I did here. And I, I think, yeah, I think it is very, you know, it's funny. I, I think Alaska had, I remember seeing something, uh, maybe it was like a pit stop episode where she said like, you know, her advice from having done this, obviously, is like when the queens, when the when the judges critique something you, you're wearing or have you've done on the runway, just agree with them. Like, oh, I know. Yeah, this looks terrible. Right. Mm-hmm, like, she, like mm-hmm. just yeah. go with the waves, you know, and don't right. fight the waves. And I thought, well, that's that's smart gameplay. And I think that's the thing to always remember with this is like this is gameplay. And so it's kind of ironic that Tyra will use that on the queen or on these models of like, you know, well in the real world, you can't talk back. It's like, yeah, but this is a game. So like this isn't the real world. And like mm-hmm. uh and what right. you're saying is part of the game and how you're treating me and how you're talking to me is part of the game. Yeah, the the idea of this being a game and then and then shaming Jimbo for it is all part of it. We expect that script. Mm-hmm. And I also hate how it ends. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like obviously then, you know, when the queens untuck and unfurl and, you know, unravel backstage, I thought it was 
it was obviously it had that classic Canada's Drag Race chaos, but it also felt very emotionally honest of like, oh, God, this is just like driving us fucking crazy. Like, this is ridiculous. And like, mm. you really could see how how much. And it made me really think about this watching it. of like, God, yeah, like this. We've talked about this before, but this show is designed to fuck with these queens throughout the competition. And it's it's about so much more than just the challenges. It's about having not enough time to do it. It's about the workroom being too fucking cold. It's Ugh. about the isolation. It's about, you know, not being allowed to talk to each other unless the cameras are on and being on mm -hmm. ice. Like it's about all of that other, you know, mental warfare that comes in that like I think is very easy to forget about because it's so easy to judge these queens when they misstep or they or they yeah. go off the handle. But it's like yeah, but the conditions are designed to drive them crazy to create television. So I don't know. I I got the I understood that and I really felt that in this episode that like, oh yeah, these queens are feeling it. Yeah, and the editing backstage was so patchwork that you could tell that there was a lot that they had to kind of put together because there were things that they didn't want to show us. Like yeah. you know, them complaining to the producers or whatever, but like that moment when there was so much that she was saying that to the point where I didn't really quite know if she was actually talking about the temperature in the workroom. When Jimbo says mm. there is such a tundra fucking breeze in here, it is so fucked. I was yeah. like, oh, is that because y'all are mad at each other? Right, right, right. Because it did feel like sort of the double meaning of like, oh, well, there's also a real emotional tundra going on mm. here. Um, totally. totally. Yeah, I. Uh, it was interesting. It made, I think it really ultimately made me sympathize with all of them more. I think when you when you see a moment like that, it becomes less of like them competing against each other and more of the the band of them together competing against the show. And I sort of love that narrative. Mm. Th that that narrative would be great to see, right? Yeah. We will. Mm. We will. We will not do drag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I was thinking if they, like, made, like, a, you know, a, a fictionalized TV show or movie about about a competition. Like, I know there's Unreal, but I'm thinking of, like, a little bit less of, like, that kind of long-term story and more of just watching competitors go through this, seeing, you know, scenes of, of someone alone in their hotel room just, like, open-mouth sobbing, mm. you know, because they're just so tired and just getting that full narrative of what, it, of what it's like to go through this. Um it's right. it, it's it's in so many ways it's so interesting how they are they're pitted against each other but they're also each other's only allies here and will be going forward after the show right oh yeah yeah there's that thing that they the queens will always talk about of like no one else knows what it's really like what what I went through except for these you know 11 other mm -hmm. queens or 12 other yeah. queens yeah summer camp it's that summer camp connection mm -hmm. yeah sure. Um, uh, or, yeah. or just like uh, that connection that you make with someone when you go through a trauma, you yeah. know? Uh huh. Yeah, you think about like people who are like in a, a plane crash or a big pile up, and it's like there's just this bond that gets created because yeah, you all. Or, and, yeah, and that's dramatic. Like I could even say like like I remember bonding with people when my flight was delayed eight hours. You know, and uh -huh. mm -hmm. there's that yeah. point when you okay you connect, and then oh you're having full conversations, and then five hours go by, and then you all decide. We're not going to stand for this. And, you know, by the end, you're all together. You all want to drink, you exchange numbers. Like there is a point where you're like, OK, you're my friend for life because we went through this together. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and and it's I think it's like a very human thing to kind of bond very quickly in those situations. I think there's something instinctual about that where like the human animal just needs to find its like needs to build a tribe, you know. Mm. Yeah, what's that? I guess that's like Survivor in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it, it seems like what desi- what Survivor is designed around is like the the animal instincts to like build tribes and alliances and you know who who can you trust and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny that we're having like such a sort of like, yeah, the human nature conversation with Canada's drag race that, I mean, we're not having with, with All-Stars 5 or season 12. Well, we 12. knew that. All-Star, well, maybe not season 12, but All-Stars 5, we know that All-Stars 5 just exists as a platform for these queens, right? Yeah. It's, but I guess I, I, I certainly did not expect to, to have Canada's drag race, which has just been this like crazy Canuck cousin up north, you know, to mm. all of a sudden really, you know. Give me some deep thoughts. But I, as of this episode, I'm suddenly just really in love with this season and the show. I, it's, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I love this episode. I had such a yes. good time with it. Oh, my um, God. Same. And the fight between, saving the best for last, the fight between Jimbo and Alona was a moment I was not expecting. Yeah. Just the way that Jimbo was able to just be like... You know, good like using the Canadian sarcasm. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I'll call it, even though I have no, you know, no reason to believe that it's Canadian, but it is so kind for her to be like, oh, well, good thing we all want to hear is you. That's a good thing. Yeah. You're the only uh, one with an opinion. You're the only one going through anything. <laughs> I mean, that was a tundra right there. That was cold. <sighs> Why do you yeah. get to be the loudest voice in the room? Oh, go off, Jimbo. Like Echo that Priyanka. Oh, Priyanka in that moment was everybody. Ugh. Yeah. But then at the, but at the same time, I like also kind of sympathized with Alona because I was like, oh, yeah, you are just this isn't like this is mostly just emotions and now it's just coming out. Like it's, it didn't feel as ridiculous as a Laganja moment in all in untucked, you know, it just felt like. It didn't like, go there. No, yeah. it didn't. It didn't. Um, that was a lot. That was, a. I feel like for Laganja was a lot heavier and a lot more because there was things that, that I think there was a paradigm shift happening with Laganja, right? Mm-hmm. Because she was putting on so much uh, and not having pot, you know, like that was another yeah. thing. So yeah. there was a lot going on there. I mean, this moment, if I'm going to relate it to anything, reminded me of, because I don't like you. Why are you talking? Mm-hmm. Why are you mm-hmm. talking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This was uh, the Canadian version. <laughs> this was the Canadian version of that. Well, I'm sorry, but why are you talking? Yeah. yeah I don't want to hear it right now, Jimbo. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, Alona, I don't want to hear it right now from you. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll stop talking. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thank you. All right. Great. Yeah, I, I, uh, and I, and I really felt for Tainomi. I really, I, 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 you know, to see someone who's just, I mean, just emotionally just falling apart. It was really, um, it was hard. Like it was just like, and especially, I mean, what I like about Tainomi is that everyone is telling her and telling us that she's this fierce queen and that she's, you know, everybody knows her, everyone loves her and she doesn't act, you know, arrogant you know she doesn't act like that she doesn't come in being like i'm tainomi i should be succeeding she's kind of struggling with that as well of like i i know that i'm better than this i know that i'm good at drag but like yeah. why can't i access it here and it was a very human side of like a a legendary queen coming in and not doing well you know um and i still think that's subjective because i don't think tainomi is not doing well right like I, I know, I know what you're saying. I know she's been in the bottom. It doesn't, you know, like yes, it's is she gonna go to the end? I, 
I still feel like there's another story in there and I think that we lost it, but it's okay. Mm. You know, I'm not going to like, you know, send death threats or anything about it, but it, it just was an odd choice that Tainomi, um, uh, Starzy went home, like all of these yeah. kind of older queens. It's like, hmm, but Rita were- Vega's staying. So yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. yeah, these were queens I expected to stay longer. I, mm-hmm. I definitely did not see either of them going as early as they did. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And especially after this lip sync. But I mean, I, I, I got to say, I loved, loved this episode. And I did hear Peppermint while I was watching the runway say, but is it fashion? <laughs> yeah. But is it? Fa- God, that's it. That's yeah. But is, but it, is it fashion? fashion? <laughs> And that I don't need it to be. I think that's, you know, one of the things we probably talked about this, but one of the things I love about Dragula is no one's asking it to be fashion. Oh, no. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. Because art is subjective, right, Mary? Right. Drag is art and art is subjective. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, all that being said, I, I would welcome Bedell coming back. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I yeah, Bedell and I, I welcome Him coming back, him coming on my back. I, oh, whatever. Yeah? Yeah. Sure, sure. Oh, and Debbie Cox. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) Debbie Cox. Coming on your back. Coming on my back. (laughs) Oh, my God. I have a very dirty story about that that I was just reminded me of. It doesn't have to do with me, but I won't tell it. Uh, It has to do with uh, tattoos on somebody's back. But anyway, Mary. Um, uh, (laughs) Well, (laughs) go on, girl. Give us nothing. All right. Fine. Fine. (laughs) So my friend... My friend uh, John and Garrett started dating in Chicago, and Garrett, uh, whenever we got tattoos, because we got a couple of tattoos together, he was getting stars down his back, like these, uh, just down his spine. Uh-huh. And I think he ended with maybe four or five, kind of, and they ended by the middle of his back. And so John and him were having sex. Uh, they both told me this story, so I don't feel weird telling you this, because um, I think it's funny enough. But, you know, John is topping Garrett and uh, Garrett is on his stomach and John pulls out to finish. And uh, just as he's about to come, Garrett yells, shoot for the stars. Because <laughs> <laughs> even if you miss, you land on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So shoot for the stars, Mary. Any other thoughts? on Canada's Drag Race. Uh, I mean, for, for now. how do you top that? Uh, no, I think that's <laughs> probably... Um, I, I think I've come away with this among many other feelings thinking, oh, come on, Germany. Come on. Come on, Germany. Give us Drag Race. Give us Germany's Drag Race. I, I want to give us a pit crew mini challenge and and show me that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Mary's, we're going to leave it there. So if you have any thoughts on Canada's Drag Race, this episode of Single-Use Queens, I consider myself to be a multiple-use queen, especially if it's Videl. You can reach out to us at All Right Mary. You can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. You can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at johnnyalso1 or on Instagram at Johnny also. 
And you can find more of me on either In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance, or Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, if you are listening to this, you know, in July, I mean, I don't know when you're listening to it, but you may be a Matreon. And in that case, we love you for it. But you may not be a Matreon, and you may be hearing this later. And in that case, we'd love to have you as a Matreon because there's so much more behind that behind that garden wall and the way to get there is patreon.com slash all right mary all right mary well what is our last chance lip sync for this week well we are keeping it clearly canadian this week and we are featuring a song by tegan and sarah that i think is very fitting for ms banks and that is of course where does the good go Mm, up my back to toronto (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah It's where it should go, all right, Mary? Yeah, you know. (laughs) Can't waste a drop in these hard times, yeah. Oh, God, you got to save it all. Save it all. (laughs) (laughs) Starting a savings account in my ass. (laughs) Bedell Savings. Yes, Bedell Savings and Loan. (laughs) Bedell Savings and Load, actually. Free deposits. Yeah, every make a day. deposit. Yeah. <laughs> 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make a deposit slip. Get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful customer service. All right, Mary. Yeah. All right, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where does the good go? We'll see yeah. you next Talk week. about a sperm bank, you know? <laughs> Sorry. Last one. <laughs> uh, I'm <Okay>. dripping. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm dripping. <laughs> Uh, you do my kegels, you know. <laughs> Bye. Where do you go with your broken heart and soul? What do you do with the left?